Welcome to Ask the Advocate, where mental health advocates share their journey to advocacy and what it has meant for their lives. Ask the Advocate is a Mothers on the Frontline production. Today we will hear from John Tank Miller of Delaware, a family advocate and father of a 19-year-old son with mental health challenges. John discusses his mental health advocacy through social media and how he uses tank mentality to provide those with mental illness encouragement every day. This interview was recorded at the 2017 National Federation of Families Conference for Children's Mental Health. So we're just going to begin by asking you to introduce yourself and telling us a little bit about your advocacy organization and what you do. Okay, um, my name is John Miller. I'm from Delaware, and I am a father of a 19-year-old with uh, mental health um, issues. And I'm here today to talk about my movement, Tank Mentality. Yeah, yeah. I love the name. Want to tell us a bit about the name? Well, about the name, um, the name actually was the origin of me, and that came from playing football. Um, ninth grade year, I had a football coach who um, lined me up, and I was excited. I was just putting on pads for the first time as a high schooler, and we ran a drill called Oklahoma's. And the opportunity of, well, the object of Oklahoma is to not get tackled. Sounds like a good incentive. <laughs> so I grabbed the ball, and the rest was kind of history. I ran through my whole entire team, and it got to the point where he was like, nobody can tackle you. We're going to call you Tank. Awesome. And that's when Tank was born. And how do you see Tank as transferring to mental health? Because as a Tank, you're on the front line. That's right. And and on the front line, you know, you're going to take some punishment. Mm -hmm. So on the front line, you have to have that armor. Right. So I incorporated tank as far as mental because everything in life is mental. That's right. So you can't do a thing without thinking a thing. So it just was one of those things where I'm like, you know what? Like this thing is bigger than me. Right. And it started with me, but it's not going to end with me. So tell us a bit how you got involved in advocacy to begin with. Well, how I got involved in advocacy, um, it was something that I was naturally doing. Mm -hmm. um, give you a little background about me. Um, yes. I worked as a restaurant manager. Mm -hmm. And as being a manager, as you know, you're managing a bunch of teenagers and younger people. So you're always molding young leaders right. and you're you know, supervising them. But at the same time, you're kind of like, I said, you're growing them. Right. So I was actually listening to a lot of their challenges, their stories, and seeing some of their strengths, weaknesses. And I was using my advocacy to help them better. And it was just something I was naturally doing. And I had the opportunity to do it as a professional it was just like a smooth transition because I'm like I'm already doing this right I love that though because you say that like that's so natural I'm not sure all restaurant managers are thinking of themselves and their role as developing young people I think that's pretty remarkable that yeah. you even at that point that's how you were seeing it. I, I have to just point that out I yeah. think that's remarkable and wonderful yeah. that you took that on well that, that goes down to my upbringing my grandmother put that into me as a young young kid like I've always had that in my life 
and she's been a blessing to me. So just listen to her and some of the values that she instilled in me as a young leader. Right. So it was all, like I said, it was almost natural for me to transfer that on to other people because that's what she believed in. She believed in helping others and she would give her last to help someone else. That's wonderful. Yes. That's wonderful. And I can see that has definitely rubbed off on you. Yes. So that's really great. She's my biggest inspiration. God rest her soul. That's wonderful. So do you want to tell us a little bit about the kind of things that um, tank mentality involves? Do, do you now? Do you do programming, or is it more an idea, or how does it work? Well, it's like I said. Um, I have a business mindset as well. Mm -hmm. So I am an entrepreneur, and. And being left-handed, I think outside of the box. So mm -hmm. I'm very creative in some of the things that I do. And I always wanted a brand. And it just, nothing really stood, stood, stood out. Right. So, like, I had to find something that I could make personal. Because, you know, if you don't, you're not passionate about something, whatever, you're just going to do it and you're just going to fizzle out. Right. So when... The idea of tank mentality came around. I was like, I didn't even know how powerful it would be. But it was just like, this is it. And I had a vision for it. And I started hashtagging it. And I would just put posts up because I always do that. Right. I, I believe in waking up and putting something positive into the world. Right. No matter who it reaches. And I just started hashtagging it. And, and then it became, became, it became a baby. And I started watching it grow. And certain people would come to me and they would be like, this is powerful. This is awesome. What are you going to do with it? And at the time, I didn't know. Right, right. <laughs> so it was, like, it was new to me as well. And I decided to put it on a t-shirt and I started wearing it. And at first, like I said, it was about me. I had it in my favorite color, of course. Right. And Can I just say this is an awesome orange? Thank like, you. It's, it's, I love it. Thank I love you. it. You just need like a little purple scarf, and then it's like my yes. ultimate ensemble because those well, together I love. But I have yes. it in purple too. Awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. Maybe get you a tank mentality shirt. Absolutely love it. So, um, like I said, I put it on a t-shirt and I started wearing it, and and like I said, I am the brand. So, and people would ask me, "Hey, what's that shirt?" And I would tell them my story. And people will just be in, in awe of the things that I've overcome. Can you tell us some of that story? Okay. I'll keep it brief because it's very long. But sure. um, growing up overweight, I had face problems and being bullied. Um, you know, teased, um, low self-esteem. Right. And it kind of put me in a position where I had self-doubt. And you know you're great, but, you know, when people are telling you otherwise, you're mm -hmm. like, you kind of have that that doubt. You like you're self conscious about about yourself and your abilities. Yes. So football was my outlet because, like I said, I could put on a mask. I had a helmet. Right. And I could go out and take some of that frustration out on my opponent. So believe it or not, football changed my life, and it actually um, brought some peace to me because at the time I was a depressed kid, right. um, going through some issues, and around that time my grandmother had got sick. So. The person that I looked up the most, I was watching her slowly perish in front of my eyes. So at that time, I was going through a lot. And like mm -hmm. I said, football was my outlet. And I excelled on the football field. So it just, it's crazy how the world works sometimes. Right, right. When you needed something, somehow that came into your life, yeah. right? Yeah. So after football, of course, I graduated high school and grandmother's still sick. 
and they didn't want me to go away to a faraway college because my grandmother was sick. Right. So I went to a local um, Dell Tech, which is a local two-year um, school. Yeah. I went there and stayed home and worked, and football pretty much was over. So I had to find something that would take the place of football because that was my outlet, mm -hmm. and it was cooking and managing was bringing up other kids, and that right. was what was actually keeping me afloat because at the time, I was, like I said, I was going through depression, doubt, all of that, those mm -hmm. things, whatever I was dealing with, and grandmother passed in 99, but I made a promise to her that I would graduate college, mm -hmm. and I was the first person in our family to graduate college. Congratulations, so, that's huge. So that was huge for me because it was like, I don't know, it was like, now I see like when your why is bigger than you, mm -hmm. like you can do things outside of your, your mind. Absolutely. So that's Absolutely. what tank mentality has started building because like the things I was doing was not about me anymore. That's right. So I graduated college, um, became manager, working, managing. I've been in management now for, I want to say about 15 years now and just a lot of people actually came across and developing different leaders and they're going off to do awesome things and they're coming back to you and say, hey, remember you right. helped me. And it's, it just feels good to know that you have an impact on other people's lives. Absolutely. What I love about your story, and I love how you said that when your why is bigger than your you, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, even when you're talking about the early days in managing um, at the restaurant for you, you know, this is the same with a lot of children's mental health advocacy. A lot of us get involved in it because we've had to navigate it. And when you turn from focusing on just navigating your own problems to helping others, it does give you so much strength, right? I yes. mean, it really feeds you, you know, feeds your soul, it feeds you. And, and um, it's so powerful. And um, I just really appreciate that. You were so wise to figure that out so young yes. and, and give so much in your communities all along, all that time, because I think a lot of us don't figure that out later in life, oh, so yeah. I'm really impressed. Well, my, my face kind of lies on me because I'm a lot older than I look. Yeah. So, yeah, the, it was a learning process, sure. and there was a lot of years that I kind of wasted playing video games and being depressed. Sure, sure. So that's why now I'm so passionate because I know that I was not being used. Right. I right. was I was being used to a percentage, right. but I was not given my all. What advice do you have to someone who's in the middle so in the middle of it? So they're struggling and like you're saying, that moment when football was over, that was something you had. Because I think that's really common, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's someone leaves high school and the one passion they had's not available to them anymore. Mm -hmm. Or in adulthood, you enter adulthood and you don't always have that built-in social network of school, mm -hmm. right? I mean, there are so many reasons people make these transitions in life that all of a sudden, the coping skills I had are not available to me. What do you recommend to someone who finds himself in that situation? I mean, how do they adopt tank mentality? How do they figure out how to push through that? Well, the first thing is identifying what drives you. Mm -hmm. If you can figure out what you're passionate about and what you love, you can find your way because that will draw you into your purpose. Right. My purpose was helping people. It's always been my number one. And But I also was blessed with many talents and many gifts. Right. And it says you have to find that balance where to, okay, I'm talented, but I'm not going to let my talents, whatever, 
stop me from my purpose. Does that make sense? It does. It does. So um, I give you an example. Um, I'm a photographer. Right. I love to cook, and those are the talents that I have. But it's like I know that that's not my purpose. I'm I'm good at those things, but that's not why I'm here on this earth. Right. So right. it's like just finding what it is you're most passionate about, and finding ways to put that passion out into the world. Right. Because no matter if you're impacting one life, you're impacting two because you're impacting that one person. You're impacting yourself. That's right. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Is there one last thing you would just love to be able to say? Um, to that person who's lost, um, discouraged, walking in shame, and just, just disgusted, I would tell them to never give up, mm -hmm. to keep grinding, and that's one of the messages on my shirt. Um, yeah. No matter what, anytime you wake up, you have an opportunity. Sure. And no matter what your mistakes were, your doubts were, your fears were, they're capable of being overcome. That's true. And I've learned that failure is not really failure if you can take it and learn from it. Because I can tell you a lot of things that I actually tried that they did not go my way. <laughs> yeah, and, I think we all have a lot of those. <laughs> and it's so easy to just quit. Yeah. But now I'm looking at it like it's harder to quit. Because I know that if I quit, it's going to cause a ripple effect. Someone else is watching you for inspiration. I, I love that because I think that you're absolutely right. When other people are depending on you, it just makes you give it that much more, right? Yeah. And so to understand we're all interconnected and everyone's depending on oh, us, yeah. I think just helps us yeah. in those moments get up and say, no, if I can, I can do this. Yeah. I can be part of this. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for no sharing problem. your story. Just you're a wonderful person, and really, I'm very glad that you're part of this world. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. You have been listening to Ask the Advocate, copyrighted in 2018 by Mothers on the Front Line. Today's podcast host was Tammy Nyden. The music is written, performed, and recorded by Flame Emoji. For more podcasts in this and other series relating to children's mental health, go to mothersonthefrontline.com.